Hey, homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. Wow. Our setup looks a lot different and it's kind of weird. My butt is not going numb this time. I know. <laughs> We're s- we got nicer well not nicer they're about the same quality we got taller music stands mic stands mic stands <laughs> and a music stand so that we can sit on chairs and couches instead of the floor yes and the next time we record we're gonna have a new green velvet queer eye approved futon <laughs> we're gonna sound so luxurious I can't wait. Maybe. And we have a new leather chair coming. Um, if you haven't looked at Walmart's Queer Eye collection, you really should. It's fantastic. We're really excited. Big fans. <laughs> also, if anyone wants this crappy chair, it'll be gone by the time you hear this. But <laughs> We're trying to get like pawn our old furniture off on, on people. <laughs> so we don't have to like move it. But But it's not working out for us, so that's fine. Yeah. Goodwill. Our chair will be at Goodwill if anyone wants it. <laughs> yeah it's a really good advertisement (laughs) it was funny because sydney posted it on facebook and she had like taken a photo of one of the stains just to show it and instead of putting like the nicer which to be fair let me point out that we got this off of marketplace no we got it from our friends our friends who bought it who bought it (laughs) we didn't stain it no it was already like that but instead of showing like the chair like the whole chair first facebook like switched it around on us and posted the stain first so people just anyone want this (laughs) anyways it's fine okay we're getting new furniture we're really excited that's the concise version of our so our setup is gonna be super cool the next time yeah we'll we'll, maybe we'll post a picture on our story we're still not gonna be a video podcast ever (laughs) not doing that anyways sydney what are you telling us about so I am excited about this story because it's crazy and wild, but also not like super depressing. So nice. Nice. (laughs) So we are going all the way back to July 15th, 1976. So it's an old one. Yep. Hey, be careful. My mom was 10 years old. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who brought up your mom. (laughs) Actually, my dad was 10 years old. (laughs) But. You got to be careful when you're saying old, <laughs> when our parents yeah, yeah, are. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry, mom. My mom actually doesn't listen to this. <laughs> My mom probably won't. She gets too scared, which is valid. That's fine. My mom likes this stuff and still won't <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> Your dad only listens because he has to. <laughs> My dad doesn't like this stuff. But... Anyway, so the 70s. We're mid-70s. Okay. Which is not old, but it was a while ago. <laughs> and yeah. we are in a small town called Chowchilla, California. We were uh, in New York the last week, and now we're in California. We're covering the whole country. Ooh. And this is in Central California. And at the time, the population was only somewhere between like four and 5,000 people. Yeah. So it's a small town. That is a small town. Um, the school is literally called Dairyland. That sounds like an amusement park. Like if Dairy, milk. <laughs> if Dairy Queen made an amusement park. Marketing idea. I would go there. Anyways. Anyways. I would not go to this high school, though. So somehow 
this small town became the place where one of the biggest mass abductions, no, actually the biggest mass abduction in U.S. history happened. Wild. Which is crazy. This one, this whole story just reminds me of that Criminal Minds episode. Yes. Which, if you don't know what it is so far, like what case she's covering, because she hasn't said well, it. What's in the title? I'm covering oh, the yeah. school bus kidnapping. <laughs> There's a Criminal Minds episode that reminds me of this. But, Anyways. yes. You got it. So there was only one day left of summer school at Dairyland Elementary School, which this school taught students from kindergarten to eighth grade. And I think that like all of them went to summer school. I don't know if they did like a year round kind of schedule, maybe. Okay. Because it wasn't just Some like... Some places do that. Yeah. I think that it was like everyone yeah, was that there. Yeah, makes sense. And all of the kids loved this school so much that they had that day signed a petition asking for two more weeks of summer school (laughs) like they're precious so precious so i would that would never be me no (laughs) i could not never be me (laughs) but like really sweet that they wanted that yeah that must be nice to be their teachers (laughs) it's around 4 p.m and it's a thursday because there's one day left Mm mm-hmm and 55-year-old bus driver Frank Edward Ray, who went by Ed, was driving his usual route in a Dairyland school bus. And he had already dropped off a few kids and was now transporting 26 kids. And Ed, we stan Ed. Yeah, he's a king. <laughs> um, he loved his job and he loved these kids. And a lot of them were like grandkids of people that he'd gone to school with when he went to Dairyland. Aww. Which is just like precious. And all the kids loved him and they called him Edward, which is like so precious. Edward. And... That day, the summer school had had a trip to the Chowchilla Fairgrounds swimming pool. So, like, they'd just gone swimming. That's a fun field trip. I know, right? Actually, I would hate it, but (laughs) But it sounds fun for I probably would have liked it when I was, like, seven. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But some of the kids are still in their swimsuits, and they had, like, the windows down. It's the middle of July in California. July. July. I said that weird. (laughs) But... It's probably like super hot out and they are just driving down this road. And of the 26 children on the school bus, there are kids ranging in age from five to 14. So that's a big range. That is a very wide range. Also driving down the road. I'm just picturing GeoGuessr in my head, like (laughs) maps all the time now. Anyway, it's weird. It's (laughs) stupid. But um, and the oldest kid there was 14 year old Mike Marshall. And he usually never even rode the bus. That's which is sucks. like, yeah, he he has a reason for his parents to never make him ride a bus again. Well, and so the reason he was riding the bus is because he gotten in trouble the day before because he broke into his parents' liquor cabinet. Oh, no, and Mike. So, Mike is his name, right? Yeah. Okay. And so his mom was like, "I'm not picking you up tomorrow. You're riding the bus." Which is I just like, bet he held that over her head <laughs> for so. It's so long. heartbreaking. But also, like, Mike is also kind of a hero in this story. Yeah, like, I'm glad he was there. Really glad he was there. But also, I'm so sorry that he was there. A bad day to raid your parents' liquor cabinet and then get punished. I know. So, yeah. Just wanted to note that. So, it's around 4 p.m. And they're driving down Avenue 21 in California. Let me look it up really fast. No. (laughs) (laughs) I looked it up. There's really nothing to see. Great. Um, and suddenly the bus's path was blocked by a white van parked in the middle of the road. And Ed started to kind of like 
slowly try and get around it. But then he noticed that the hood on the van was up. So he thought that maybe they had broken down or something. Maybe they needed help. And Ed is this really nice guy. Like, he wants to be helpful. And so he stopped and he briefly asked if they needed help. I don't know if he yelled through the open window or if he opened the doors to ask. I assume he just yelled through the window. But... Like, the story on this is, like, kind of hard to find out, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. it all happened really fast. So I'm Uh, sure, like, memories are a little scattered. Yeah. But he stopped briefly and asked if they needed help. But then three men wearing stockings over their heads and holding sawed-off shotguns took over the school bus. Terrifying. They looked ridiculous. Yeah. Just stockings over the heads. And actually, some of the kids, like, later on said that where their eyes were looked like hollow because like Ugh. the way that your face is shaped yeah. like that's terrifying i was <laughs> trying to make them look with my face but I can't. <laughs> she made a weird a really weird i was face. trying to mimic that there's no way to do it no. <laughs> but anyway So these men took over the school bus and they made Ed go to the back of the bus with the rest of the kids. And they were just like frantically yelling at these kids like to get down, like to get to the back and to follow their orders. And Ed was also trying to like keep the kids calm. Yeah. And the kids even said that he was speaking like kind of harshly, which is like never how he talked to them. But he was just like trying to keep them safe, trying to make them listen to him. Yeah. You know? And that's just like, oh. This is like my grandma is uh, an assistant on a bus. Yeah. For like little kids and like kids with special needs at times. I'm just like imagining that. I'm like, that's so terrifying. Yeah. Oh. So... These men, like, they're yelling at the kids and they're trying to get them to cooperate. The youngest kid on the bus was a five-year-old girl named Monica. And she looked at the gunman and he had these stockings over his head with, like, the legs of the stockings hanging down. (laughs) And she asked him if he was the Easter bunny. Oh, no. What weird timing. It's almost Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, tomorrow's Easter. (laughs) Whoa. Creepy. But, like... Oh, it's so innocent. I know. And then another young boy, like, looked at... Did he respond? I don't know if he responded or what. Okay. I mean, he probably was just like, get down or something. Yeah, like that. Was like, something stop rude talking. <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Um, and then a young, another young boy told Ed that his dad would be angry if he got home late. Oh, no. Like, these kids, like, they don't have any clue what's going on no. or, like, any concept of, like, that they need to. What this kind of danger yeah. is. Yeah. Exactly. And that's just, like, these poor this kids. makes me scared. And it's, like, also the range of that from these kids. And then there's 14-year-old Mike yeah. who has a gun trained on him. And he's, like, I did not. I wasn't even supposed to be here. Yeah. Like, like, man, shouldn't have raided my yeah. parents' liquor cabinet. <laughs> goodness and it was also like the last bus that he caught like he could have caught another bus before this one he took this one oh it's man. a whole thing that i'm just like oh mike poor mike <laughs> oh dang so there's the three gunmen one man took over and drove the bus the other one was sitting in the back keeping his gun trained on ed and the kids and then the third one was driving the white van following the bus behind them creepy And the driver ran the school bus off of the road eventually through, like, a bamboo field into a, like, dried up riverbed. There's bamboo in California? That's a stupid question, probably. They said it was, like, taller than the school bus. Like, it's big, apparently. That's probably a stupid thing that I should know, but I did not know that. I didn't know either until I read this. We're from the Midwest and the South, so. I've never been to California, so. I've been to an airport, but that's it. (laughs) Cool. Anyways. So, they're, like, off-roading in a school bus. (laughs) 
Like Woo. these kids are just like being thrown around. I'm sure people always like to sit at the back of the bus because that's where the most bumps. That's where you can feel the bumps. Well, more. they were getting thrown around. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and eventually, they get into this dry riverbed and they see another van. And this right. one's like black or like dark brown or something. Ew. And so the driver of the original white van backed it up to the school bus and they open the doors and they start loading Ed and the kids onto two of the two separate vans. And they're basically just like making them jump from the bus to the van. That's so dangerous. So that there's no footsteps in the dirt. And the inside of these vans had been outfitted with like outfitted with wood paneling and they had painted over the windows. Great. So it's like pitch black in there. Yeah. That's so creepy. And some of the kids aren't with Ed and like. Right. So they split up Ed and Mike. Mike. That's good. Which I think was to try and keep like the biggest threats, quote unquote, like separated. Yeah. But also I think ended up being good for the kids. Yes. They chat him a yes. little. Even though Mike's only 14. Yeah. Someone a little more mature Exactly. Than them. But also like there were kids on the bus that had siblings on the bus. Oh, and some of them fear. got split up from their siblings. Oh, no. Which is just like, oh, it's so oh. heartbreaking. Like, one of them, I don't remember their name, but, like, one girl was, like, she said she was separated from her brother, and she was like, I just wanted to be oh. with him. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I would also want to be. Yeah. So. Uh, Kristen looked at me. <laughs> I don't think I want to be with you. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Katie's sister, Kristen, is in the room while we're recording this. So typical. We have an audience. (laughs) Our live coming at you live (laughs) from our apartment. (laughs) So they are split up into these vans. There's like 13 to 14 of them in each Mm -hmm. of these vans. And it is nearly a hundred degrees in these vans. That sounds terrible. Yeah. And they are driven around for 11 hours. That is so long. Yeah. With no food, no water, no bathroom breaks. That's evil. Yeah. So kids were throwing up. Kids were peeing their pants. Like it, I'm sure, was so miserable in there. And apparently the kids were like singing songs to try and pass the time. And one of the songs that they would sing was, if you're sad and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> I hit the mic. Just I'm like, sorry. Just, that's so upsetting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, imagine being the kid to suggest that. Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the wheels on the bus. Like, I thought no, that's the no. song. <laughs> oh, but no. both of those are bad for the yeah. situation. Ugh. I don't know what else they sang, but I know that they sang that. And Ed and like all of the older kids were like doing all they could to console the younger kids. And Mm. there was even a story of one girl who was like six at the time. And she was like, all of her other little six-year-old friends were like trying to comfort each other. (laughs) It's just like, oh my goodness. So like, yeah. This story is really, really depressing. Really depressing. But it just doesn't. The ending is the okay. The ending is okay. So that's fine. Uh, We're going to get to the ending eventually. Eventually. By 6 p.m., you know, two hours have passed and parents are frantic. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them weren't home when the, like, whenever their kids would have been getting home. And so mm-hmm. they get home and their kids aren't there. So yeah, these parents terrifying. start calling the school. They start calling the police and sending out search parties. And finally, the FBI is called in. Good. 30 FBI agents showed up. That's good. Which is crazy, but like... It's literally like criminal minds. But not... They didn't have that many. Yeah. But But like, 
it's so it sounds so crazy but 27 people had gone missing yeah i mean you need it and they're yeah. all children yeah so that's crazy it's also like where can a school bus go is mm-hmm. the thing not so, not many places <laughs> no so around 8 p.m the police find the abandoned school bus via air search that's the only way you could see it yeah in a from the air. field and it is around seven miles away outside of Ch- chowchilla and when they get to it they find that there's no footprints yeah. but there are tire tracks leaving away from the bus idiots you can only be so smart you can only be so which smart. okay my thing about this how were there no tire tracks <laughs> the because the person backing up the van had said to there have, were tire tracks oh how were there no footprints oh because the person backing up the van had to have gotten out to open the van doors yeah but i mean i don't know maybe they just no you can climb through the van and open them that way that's fair so i don't i don't know like how they did it that there yeah. were absolutely no footprints mm-hmm. but there are no footprints there are just the tire tracks driving away you can only be so smart but saying. so Back to Ed and the kids. Finally, around 3.30 a.m., after 11 Ugh. hours of driving around, the vans arrived at a rock quarry in Livermore, California. How far away is that? So Livermore is only about an hour and 45 minutes away. So they were They're literally just driving, just driving in circles and stuff just to waste time. And to scare them even more. Yeah. And I think it was just like they wanted to wait till no one would be around. Yeah. So there would be no witnesses. Do you later talk about their reason why they did this okay because i want to know that i'm not going to talk about them at all until the end okay that's what i thought but but i just wanted to make sure that we had a reason why quote unquote kind of okay not a good one no well it's not gonna be good it's never good (laughs) but yeah okay also this is also off topic but anytime i think of a quarry i just think of morgan from the mindy project why because he kept going to the quarry oh I don't know. I, I have a specific memory. Well, I haven't been to a quarry, but I think of one and I can't say it because it's other people's story to tell. Okay. <laughs> okay. <But>. Cool. <laughs> I, it's not great. Great. Anyway. So. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so once they're stopped, the gunmen open the back door to the van and they first like yank Ed out. Obviously, I want to get him out of there. Yeah. Before than the other kids. Mm-hmm. So they grab them out and they just shut the door. And after this, That's they just, terrifying. Yeah. They just start opening the door, grabbing a kid and shutting the door again. That's scary. Like, that's so terrifying. And the kids, like, would just be sitting there in between. They don't know where these if people are going. They don't know. Yeah, exactly. And they said it felt like a really long period of time in between each one, which it probably was. To get them into where they're putting them, I'm sure. Exactly. So... That's just, like, so terrifying. No, thank you. And also, like, the doors being open and you're seeing light and then it shut again and it's pitch black again. Yeah. Like, that's so terrifying. And Mike Marshall was one of the last left in the van that he was in. And it was him and five-year-old Monica. Oh. And she was, like, clinging on to him. And when they opened the door to, like, grab one of them out, they reached for Monica. But Mike said he couldn't bear to, like, hand her over. Oh, no, I wouldn't. And so he, like pried her off of him and like went instead because he thought that they were like killing killing them yeah and he like told her like it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and like left her just like oh (laughs) so sad yeah i hope he's doing okay he did a special it's on discover (gasps) no free ads no free ads i'm sorry katie But it's I on, tell other people about this, but I <laughs> not it's on, the on this streaming platform that Katie won't let me name. 
<laughs> you just got the first bit of the word. It just feels wrong. <laughs> but, but he did like a little tiny documentary about it. And gotcha. it was cool. I think he's doing okay. Okay, good. Anyways. Um, but when the children were pulled out of this van, they would have seen just the huge quarry around them. And then there were some construction lights like illuminating the area just around them. Those and are intense. A ladder sticking out of a hole in the ground. Uh, <laughs> I don't like ladders. No. <laughs> no. I have I, no reason. <laughs> I just don't like them. They're not sturdy. I don't, no. I don't like that. So whenever the gunman got each child out of the van, they would demand their name, age, phone number, and address, as well as a piece of their clothing. They want to hold them hostage. Basically. Yeah. And police- That makes sense why it took a while. Also, yeah. some of these kids are really, like, five years old. Like, I know you know some, you don't know all of that. I know. Well, I'm going to get to that a little bit. Yeah. So police later recovered this piece of paper, and I'll try and post it if I can. But first of all, they wrote all, like, they wrote their names and ages on one piece of paper. And some of the kids lied about their ages to throw them off. They're like, I don't know what's going Smart on. I'm going to lie. <laughs> and then one girl had just had her birthday and told them this. And so they wrote, like, they had, like, had an arrow to her and said, like, just had a birthday. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And then also Monica, who's, she's the last one out, and she's five years old. And she, like, must have been so nervous. And they also, like, they couldn't understand what she was saying, I guess, maybe oh, either because she was nervous and... or because she was so young. So much so that on the sheet, they wrote her name as Ronica. <laughs> <laughs> they just sound stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so they wrote Ronica, and then they put five question mark. So, like, they didn't even know her age. Oh, this poor girl's probably, like, shaking and crying and oh that's just like, idiots veronica <laughs> whose name is i guess Veron- maybe they thought it was like veronica Veronica. <laughs> veronica. <laughs> veronica. <laughs> Verock. the rock <laughs> oh my gosh a quarry of rocks <laughs> sorry we are losing our minds oh my gosh okay <laughs> so after they wrote all of this information down the children were sent down the ladder into the hole in the ground. Down the ladder. <laughs> yep. That's terrible. <laughs> yep. And so they had to climb down this ladder into a buried moving van. Uh, no. No. And so inside this moving van, there were mattresses along the wall. Well, that's better than the vans, at least. <laughs> yeah. Not much. Not much. And then there were some jugs of water, some peanut butter, bread, and cereal, but only enough for one meal because there's 27 people yeah. in there. Also, I just did they know this. how many people were, were going to be on that? I guess not like exactly, exactly, but roughly. But I don't know. Okay. okay, we'll find out later. They like planned this out. Okay, pretty meticulously. And I've heard this, but I don't remember yeah. all the details. Um, but also, I just thought of this: like, what if there were kids that were severely allergic to peanut butter? Uh, yeah. They could have died. Yeah. They didn't think about that. So there was also a box with holes cut into it as a toilet. Who's cleaning that out? (laughs) (laughs) No one. (laughs) Do they have to draw straws? Like the men? Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's gross. They weren't planning that out very well. Um, And then there were two separate tubes for ventilation because there's like no airflow. Yeah. And then there was, like, a fan to, like, kind of get some air circulation. Do you and know what I'm thinking about now? Hmm. On Big Sky, did where did they go to the bathroom? Did they all just pee themselves? <laughs> they probably just picked a corner. Ooh, okay, anyway, <laughs> if you haven't watched that, go watch that. That's a really good show. But continue. I was just 
thinking about that. <laughs> oh. And then Ed was given a single flashlight. Oh, well, at least they gave him a flashlight. Like, at least they gave him a flashlight, but a single flashlight. That mm. sucks. Yeah. They're like, hey, sorry, I'm putting you in a hole in the ground, but here's a flashlight. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And after all of the children were put into this buried van, the kidnappers pulled up the ladder and they told him, we'll be back for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. It's fine. We'll be back. It's fine. And then they put a like manhole cover over the hole in the ceiling and then put two truck batteries over that to like weigh it down. Sounds great yeah sounds super sturdy and mm-hmm. safe yep and then once the hole and the ceiling of the van was covered the kidnappers began throwing dirt onto the van that's terrifying burying it in six feet of dirt oh and rock gosh. and the kids could just hear like shovelfuls oh. of dirt hitting it that's terrifying yeah. being buried alive is one of my top fears no thank you no that's like so awful. I can't imagine trying to recover from this trauma. No. And like a lot of them, I mean, really haven't. Haven't. And also yeah. like, I'll talk about it a little bit, but this happened in the 70s. Like they didn't have the kind of like mental health. Oh no. Yeah. Counseling to try and help these kids and what yeah. they've gone through. And Ugh. yeah. So they were in this van mm-hmm. for 12 hours. Oh. So some of them are in their swimsuits. Yeah. So they had been driven around for 11 hours, Mm -hmm. and then they're in this one for 12 hours. It's almost 24 hours. Mm -hmm. It is still 100 degrees in there. And if you look at pictures, this truck was not big. It was 8 foot by 16 foot. I'm looking it up. And it was packed in with, like, these mattresses and the makeshift toilet. Like, trying to imagine 27 people in there is absurd. Yeah. And it would have smelled like pee- and poop because like they had to use the bathroom and it's just baking in there yeah that smells like that sounds like it smells disgusting and then there's kids just in there crying and they ate the food but it was gone after one meal yeah so it's not enough to like sustain them at all that just looks terrible yeah i'll definitely post a picture of it it's it's terrifying the underground yeah (laughs) the the underground hole so and also like i mentioned the kidnappers had put a fan in the bus to kind of ventilate it but because we'll talk about it. They did want to keep them alive. Yeah, they want to ho- hold them hostage if yeah. they're asking them all that information. Even though they didn't plan it out very well, but whatever. But after a while, the batteries that were in the fans died. And one little girl named Brown Hyde said that it was at this point that she thought, that's it. And like she was sure they were going to die down there. Her name was Brown Hyde. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so... Over time, her name was Jennifer Brown Hyde. I literally, her name's right here on the, as you're okay, saying. Okay, well, that. thank you because then my um, source was wrong, but thank you. It Jennifer. literally, what a weird coincidence. I was looking at her name Perfect. right. Like, <laughs> well, Jennifer Brown Hyde. Yeah. So over time, the structure of the van started to collapse under, you know, the manhole cover and the yeah. truck batteries and the dirt. And the roof was caving in and dirt was starting to like fall into the bus, like around them. And it was at this point that Ed and Mike and some of the other older boys decided that they needed to try and dig themselves out. Good. And Jennifer said at that point, she said, if we are going to die, we're going to die doing something. We're not going to die sitting there. Yep. And so they start to try and figure out how to get themselves out. 
Good for her. And even doing this is so brave. Like, they could have made it all the way to the top, and the kidnappers could have just been sitting there. Yeah. Like, they had no idea what to expect waiting for them. Oh, yeah. I would rather die trying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, like, so scary to think, like, they didn't know that they were Mm going to be safe after doing that. Yeah. So. Oh, these kids. And 10-year-old Jody Medrano said that she held the flashlight while Ed and the older boys started to try and get them out. Oh, and I would want to be on flashlight duty. You would? Yeah. <laughs> and she said that Ed made her feel safe. And she said, quote, he actually got on to me because I swore. I thought whenever <laughs> we get home, I will be in so much trouble. That's when I knew we were going home because he made me have that hope. Oh, which is just so precious. These kids love him. I know. But also, Ed, let her swear. Uh, Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> if I am buried alive. I will be cussing. (laughs) Yeah. Not bad, but... Not bad, but, like, you gotta say something. Something's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) But just, like, that's so precious to think of this girl, like, she's like, shit. And then she's like, oh, no, my mom's gonna kill me. (laughs) Like, oh, that's so precious. So, Jody held the flashlight, and Ed and the older boys stacked the mattresses up under the hole that they'd been sent down. And they started to try and move the cover over the hole. And as I mentioned, this thing had been weighed down with two truck batteries. Yeah. Which the average weight of a truck battery is 53 pounds. (laughs) So this thing is over 100 pounds. Plus manhole covers are heavy. Exactly. And they're trying to balance on a mattress. Yeah. Which is not like... Not easy. It's not sturdy. Mm -hmm. Like that's not going to give you like a lot of traction. Yeah. So, Yeah. The kids are all cheering on Michael and Ed as they try and move this manhole cover. And they're trying to move it for hours. Oh. And they were they even got to a point where they were pouring the water on themselves to try and beat the heat stroke. Oh. Which is like that must have been such a hard decision to make of like this is, is our last water. Yeah. But like we have to try and get out. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. I can't imagine. And Finally, one of the boys that's like watching yells out like, it's moving, it's moving. And so they're all able to collectively move the cover out of the way. And finally, they get the cover off. Good. Well, the kidnappers had also placed a wooden box around (laughs) the hole or cover, which probably honestly saved them. Because basically it meant that the truck batteries and the like cover weren't buried in the dirt yeah it was like separated from the dirt yeah because like they probably wouldn't have been able to move it if dirt six feet of dirt had been piled on that yeah exactly so michael squeezed out of the hole into this little wooden box and at this point he realizes that he has to dig come on mike he starts to dig you can do it and they just keep digging until they reach daylight and also i'm really glad that it was daylight (laughs) by the time that they got out yeah because that that would be be even still so depressing yeah (laughs) so they're climbing their way out of the bus like after mike mike went first i think Mm -hmm. and then they all start to like hoist each other up out of the hole and like help each other out of the hole and you know they finally realize once they get out thank goodness they're not just like sitting here waiting for us yeah and there was like a worker at the quarry who (laughs) either they went and found him or he saw them And he immediately recognized them. And he said, the world's been looking for you. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing that. Yeah. That's so precious. 
And then that would be so startling. I know. To be like, what the heck? Which like it's so crazy, but it makes sense. I mean, it was the biggest disappearance. Yeah. <laughs> but like like the president and stuff had like talked about it and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Who was so. the president at that point? I thought you would have looked it up. <laughs> I don't know. Four. I don't know. <laughs> Looking it up. Uh it was seventy six. I literally just watched a thing about it. I literally don't know the president. <laughs> Do you know who it is? No, I'm just kidding. It was Ford. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm right. Would have been really weird. That would have been embarrassing. I would have been cutting that out. Bored. <laughs> so the attendant called for the police and they arrived and they obviously were calling the families and stuff too. And so they came to take these kids somewhere safe. But the only place in town that would accommodate this many kids was the local jail. <laughs> so these kids have just been buried alive. And the first place they're taken it's is jail. jail. <laughs> like they're probably they like, are getting a full what experience. Is going on? I bet so, the people that are in jail are like, what happened? <laughs> like, why are there so many kids? And I mean, they were obviously not put in cells or anything. Well, yeah. But, like, but they could hear something yeah. going on. So the kids were photographed and they were checked out by doctors and they were interviewed and all this stuff. (laughs) And did they make them stand again? (laughs) But a few of them had suffered from heat stroke or shock. But for the most part, all of them were physically fine. Good. Which is great. They were given soda and apples as a snack. Oh, give them water. Like, these kids need a meal yeah can we please get them some food can i please can like, i please get a waffle they just they really they deserved like a high yeah a nice meal i bet their parents bought them their favorite foods as soon as they oh got i'm home. sure and so they also had just climbed through dirt a lot of them had peed their pants or yeah. were in swimsuits and so they needed fresh clothes but the only thing they had at the oh, jail no. was jumpsuits <laughs> And so the kids were just in jumpsuits from the Did jail. Did they get to keep that? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. But it's actually like there's some really precious pictures of these kids. I think like, I saw a few. Bundled up in these like huge jumpsuits. <laughs> oh, and it's just like. These precious I know, these children. poor kids. And they're all taken care of. But then they need to go home to Chowchilla. So they have to board another bus. I, I saw pictures of them on a bus and I was like, at least our parents are with them. Yeah. And I think some of their parents came there to meet them and go back with yeah. them. And I think some of their parents didn't. didn't. I don't know exactly. Like the story on that gotcha. is kind of vague. Well, I but hope they got at least a police escort. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> but That would help me a little bit. Like that must have been so hard. Oh, for them I would to not get on another do bus. I don't think I could have done. I that. know. I've been like, all right, knock me out, and then put me on it. Like, yeah. So now I'm gonna talk a little more about the kidnappers. The, the kidnappers. So an investigative team returned to the quarry to start investigating because they needed to find out who, who did, did this. this. <laughs> yeah. And they'd never received a ransom demand, and Ed and the children couldn't really remember their faces since they'd they're wearing, wearing tights yeah tights. <laughs> <wearing> tights. <laughs> on their faces yeah so the only way that they could have gotten into this rock quarry was if they had a key because mm-hmm. it, i guess it had like gates or something yeah I'm that sure. makes sense and so they start looking at this one guy 24 year old fred woods 24 yeah who had a key 
because his father owned the quarry. He's stupid. <laughs> like, idiot. Think so, it through. Just think. <laughs> that TikTok sound that's like, what is it? It's something. Vibe on it. Oh, really, 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 really dig, dig on, on that. <laughs> yeah, like, really think about yeah. that before you do it. Oh, so not only did Fred have a key, he also had a rap sheet because two years before the kidnapping, Fred had been arrested for Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Idiot. Yep. And Fred had had two accomplices in this crime. Great. Yep. And they were brothers. And it was 24-year-old James Schoenfield and 22-year-old Richard Schoenfield. That's my age. Yeah. They're young. Yeah. They didn't look like... Fr- I think it was probably Fred in the photo I saw. Yeah. He looked old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fine. And I do think at the time Fred might have been married. I don't have more info on that. Oh, that but poor person. he might have been married. That poor person. Um, so for this Grand Theft Auto, all three were only sentenced to probation. <laughs> Care to guess why? Because of his dad? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're rich. I don't know that and for white. a fact, but we <laughs> all mean, know that that's probably I mean, you have to be pretty why. rich if you own a quarry, I feel like. Yeah. So. And they're white? Fred's dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're white. Fred's dad is super rich, obviously. Fred had a hundred million dollar trust fund waiting for him. <laughs> And the Schoenfield brothers also came from a wealthy family because their dad was a super well-known podiatrist. Um, all of that money should go towards those kids and those families and Ed. And it kind of. It kind of does. A little bit okay, does. Okay, okay, okay. L- like, much later. Okay. So, they had no reason to steal this car or whatever, but they just did. Just it's for laughs, It's entitled rich people stuff. It is. The cops start to investigate these three suspects. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Yeah. At one point, Ed even went like under hypnosis and was able to remember one of the license plates from the van. It's like criminal minds. I know. Isn't that crazy? I don't, that stuff scares me. Yeah, me too. But like, that's Ooh. so impressive. <laughs> yeah. So police go to search Fred's father's mansion hmm. and there they find a sawed off shotgun ah. and they also find a draft of a ransom note. <laughs> and then they also find a paper that is literally titled plan (laughs) (laughs) men don't always think (laughs) no and i don't know if this like deep like had every detail on it but these guys planned this out for over a year wow like they had been doing this in advance they had been burying the van like in the quarry like time months in advance and later how did no one find that so witnesses later recalled like seeing people digging and the quarry and stuff. And like you think people would be more suspicious of it, but then you also think if you saw your boss's son, son yeah, like messing around, you're not going to say anything. No. Like, yeah. It kind of makes trouble. sense. Yeah. But like come what? on. <laughs> so, now we're going to talk about what happened with these men. 8 days after the kidnapping, Richard Schoenfeld, the youngest one, mm-hmm. turned himself in to the police. Okay. And he was also the only one that really showed, like, any remorse okay. for what happened. It really kind of sounds like he's the one that kind of just got, like, roped into this. With his brother. Because his older brother was going yeah. along with it and stuff. Um, his brother, James, was caught 14 days after the kidnapping in Menlo Park, California, which is only, like, uh, an hour I away. I know exactly where that is. <laughs> it's, like, an hour away from the quarry. Okay. So, like... He wasn't really going far. No, 
the idiots come on so then we get to fred woods who was really the like ringleader yeah and on the same day 14 days after the kidnapping he was caught in vancouver canada okay he was a little smarter by the royal canadian mounted police (laughs) were they riding on a horse i mean probably cool i really like to envision that yeah that's the person that came to my head um so he straight up fled the country like i mean probably should yeah i mean that's what i would but also like if you don't want to have to flee the country maybe don't don't do it 27 people yeah especially little children wild concept yeah i don't have a hundred million dollars waiting for you so the three men were put into a video lineup which i'm glad it was a video lineup and they didn't make the kids like go see them in person yeah that's terrifying and they made them say things that the kids remembered them saying so they made them say things like sit down and shut up or like get to the back of the bus and the kids watched these videos and positively identified all three good for those kids yes so the whole reason these men devised this whole kidnapping plan was in hopes to get five million dollars in ransom demands he has a hundred million dollars alone yep and the other two are loaded so even though their families were super rich they were in debt and fred couldn't access his trust trust fund yet and so they're in debt and they're like if we just kidnap a whole bunch of people we'll be able to get a bunch of money and james told a parole board in 2015 quote we needed multiple victims to get multiple millions and we picked children because children are precious the state would be willing to pay ransom for them and they don't fight back they're vulnerable they'll mind i mean (sighs) their logic isn't in a messed up way like it's it makes sense yeah. if you're being in that crazy of a mm. mindset. But it's just so messed up. Like, why? Why do you... Like, you're 24. Just yeah. get a freaking normal <laughs> job and make a normal amount of money and then you'll get your trust fund. How old did he have to be to get his trust fund? I have no idea. Okay. He's married and 24. Why couldn't think- he get his trust fund? I don't know. So some of them are based on, like, an age... And then some yeah. of them have like stipulations that you have to meet before you can get it. I'm I'm not rich enough to have a trust fund. So. Me neither. I know of one person who has a trust fund. Same. So their plan was to get this ransom money from the education department, which apparently had a surplus at this time. So they're like, perfect. They'll give us that money. <laughs> like that's ours. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, uh-huh. But when they called the police department to make their ransom demands, they couldn't get through <laughs> because Chowchilla's police department phone lines were jammed with calls from, from the family parents. and friends, <laughs> like, of people worried about the kids. Yeah. So instead of, like, trying again later or, like, sending the draft of the ransom note that they'd written or literally anything else. They just gave up? They went to sleep. <laughs> They literally took a nap. How do you have the nerve to do that? Like, how do you... That's, like, a sociopath. They had to be sociopaths for the most part. Like, how can you not care about other living people so much that you just do that? Like, they're like, oh, all of that kidnapping was really exhausting. I'm gonna gonna take a nap. (laughs) Yeah. Like, maybe one of them's like, should we call back? Nah. No, no, no. Nap time. Just go to bed. Like... Oh, that's messed up. And so the thing that infuriates me so much about their plan is like, how are they expecting these kids to not die? They'd gone over 24 hours without any like real food. And if they didn't escape when they did, like they probably would have died. died. Oh, yeah. 
no one would have found them. Like, what kind of stupid plan is this? And also, yeah. how do they not expect police to track it back to them when... It's his dad's quarry. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, eventually they would have found the truck. Exactly. And a bunch of dead people. Like, Or if their ransom demands worked and they're like, yeah, um, cool, send me the money here. The kids are at this quarry? Yeah. <laughs> like... like I don't know how they didn't expect that to get back to them. Yeah. They didn't think too far ahead. No. They're men. (laughs) You can only plan so much if you're a crappy person. (laughs) So all three men were charged with and pled guilty to 27 counts of kidnapping for ransom and robbery. Well, that's good. At least they pled guilty. Mm -hmm. One good thing they could do. And they were charged originally with eight counts of bodily harm, which I'm guessing is like maybe the number of people who had like heat stroke or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't totally know. But all three of them refused to plea to this because it would carry a mandatory sentence of life without parole. So they're like, no, we don't want that. Yeah. And in these trials, the kids testified what at these trials. I know. Like, these kids are so strong. Yeah. And so incredible. And, like, imagine. I can't imagine as a jury or a judge hearing 27, like, they're not all little kids. Yeah. But for the most part, 26 of the 27 are children. Yeah. And being like, oh, you want to hear my side? A five-year-old? Like little Monica. Yeah. I'm just like, imagine hearing those testimonies. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I would be crying. Yeah. I'm sure the tears were flowing. (laughs) But yeah. Did they all, were they all in the same trial? Yes. Okay. I think so. And if you can see pictures of them at their trial and they're all three together. So I'm assuming that's how it worked. Um, So February 17th, 1978, they were charged with life sentences without the possibility of parole. So they could have just pled guilty to the other stuff anyways. Yes. But their lawyers appealed the charges of bodily harm since the children were physically okay. Yeah. And like, it's so frustrating because it's like at the time they didn't really know a lot about like their mental health or yeah how to handle that so they couldn't use it as a basis of harm done to these kids yeah these kids had a lot of lasting effects i'm sure some of them are still in therapy today so that they were appealed and basically their charges were all dropped to life with the possibility of parole so (laughs) tell me who's out on parole now because it's gonna frustrate me so thankfully all of the men went to jail richard was granted parole in june of 2012 okay which he at least was a little he was like the more remorseful one which is like okay still don't think he should be out but i don't think he's going to do it again anytime Mm -hmm. so and then his brother james was paroled in 2015 I don't like him. Like, okay. And he, I think, for the most part, honestly, was probably paroled because of the things that he revealed at his parole hearing okay. about their motives. Okay. Because up until 2015, they did not know their motives. Wow. Like, they didn't say anything until mm-hmm. James said that about, like... We need the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Fred, on the other hand, is still in prison. Thank God. Thank goodness. He has been denied parole 17 times. He sounds insane. Oh, we're going to get into We're going to talk a little bit about okay. Fred. Okay. So. You, you said that like your mom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was great. very like, like your mom. Cool. <laughs> Weird. So he isn't getting paroled because he keeps breaking rules in prison. Stupid. It's just like. If you're breaking rules in prison, they're going to think you're going to break rules outside Out of, of prison. Because you probably are. Yeah. So he keeps getting caught with porn 
And he keeps getting caught with cell phones. And he also is trying to run businesses from the inside. Fred. And I'm assuming most of these were like inherited. And in California, you're allowed to run a business from the inside if you have permission from the warden. Gotcha. But he doesn't have permission from the warden. Stupid. So he's not allowed to do this. Um, At one point- Did he he try asking for permission? Probably not. I don't think he really cares. (laughs) Well, you won't get in trouble if you at least (laughs) ask. So at one point, he even sued one of his employees when he was in prison and won a $1.5 million suit. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So the three businesses that he owned were a gold mine, (laughs) a used car lot, and a Christmas tree farm. I don't like that. No. Like, imagine... The used car lot makes sense. Imagine buying your Christmas tree from a man who who is in prison for kidnapping 27 people. No. That is a bad vibe. There has to be a better way to buy Christmas. It's a bad vibe to bring to Christmas. Man, our last episode also talked about bad vibes with Christmas. Listen, too many things about bad vibes and Christmas. But Fred's gold mine and Christmas tree farm have kind of failed. They're not doing super well. Well, that makes sense. But the car lot has done decently well. Um, But tracks. The most screwed up thing, he still has the vans in his possession. Why aren't they at like, why weren't they destroyed? So he's holding on to them, hoping that notoriety will make them worth a lot of money. Like Ted Bundy's in the car. Future. Yeah. Which is just so messed up. Like It's messed up because I know there's people that are going to buy those. Yeah. I hope that no one buys it until after he's dead. Yeah. But he like he wants the money from that and then pretty early after he was charged, he told a friend like you should write a script about this. Just give me a cut. <laughs> no. Like, this fan is so gross. He just wants money and fame. He's straight up psychopath. He even, like, if you look at pictures of him, like, now, he yeah. just looks like an asshole. <laughs> I mean, if he's the one I looked at in that photo, didn't he have a mustache back then? I think so, yeah. He looked gross. Yep. So, the other things that he's been up to in prison is he's been married three times. Uh, okay, Joe Exotic. That feels very... <laughs> and he bought a one and a half million dollar home. Maybe even with that suit money, you know. Does he think he's getting out Which, of there? Yeah. I'm like, he can't live in it. Yeah. He's in prison. One of his three wives can. Like, oh. Uh, They're all... He's straight, right? Yeah. Okay. Then wives. And so he is up for parole again in 2024. Yeah, no. And, I mean, based on how it's going, he's probably not getting paroled, which is great. Yeah. But there are people that believe that he should be let out. I do not. Um, some people that want him to be released say that he just committed a youthful stunt. <laughs> he's a grown adult. He kidnapped. He, is, he was 24 years old. Yeah. That's he kidnapped like, a five-year-old. That's like if me and you in two years kidnapped 27 people. I wouldn't do it now. Just for the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like there's never a time in my life that i would have done that no like that is not a youthful stunt no like maybe the stealing a car which yeah. is still not a youthful stunt because that's theft, theft. <laughs> but like i'm like I'm that's sorry. not a youthful stunt no but i'm like that's like what you call something like when a 15 year old steals like a candy bar yeah <laughs> like <laughs> that's stupid it's ridiculous so in 2016, the survivors of the kidnapping sued the kidnappers and won. Good. Which is great news. And so they got some of that famous trust fund. 
Perfect. And they said that it wasn't like enough to buy a house for each of them, but it was enough for some serious therapy. Oh, good. Which is good. So I'm glad that they were able to to get that. Yeah. Um, after the ordeal back in 1978, mm-hmm. kind of skipping back, the children were gifted a trip to Disneyland <laughs> with Ed. Oh. And so all of them went to Disneyland together, which is just so precious. That's so cute. And Ed was also given an award from the governor. Yeah, he was. And like he was given a ton of other awards for his heroism. Did Mike get an award? He didn't, oh. I don't think. But What um, a brave 14-year-old. Five weeks after the kidnapping, there was even a parade for, for Ed. Ed, Ray, and Children's Day. Oh, that's so cute. I know. And um, just going on to the other like happy stories, Mike said that he never saw like the good and what he'd done or like that he was a hero until he met the daughter of one of the kids Aww. that he'd saved. And she like thanked him for saving her mom. Aww, that's so cute. I know. And then Ed also said that he never really saw himself as a hero, even though he's constantly hailed as one. Yeah. And his son, Glenn, once said, Glenn. He told me that he felt it was his responsibility to get the kids back home to their parents safely. That's yeah. all he could think about. That's just his I job. I know. He did his job well. He did. And he was like really quiet about his like role in it, but he did collect newspaper clippings about the Aww. kidnapping. And he even saved up $500 and bought the bus. <laughs> so like, which is just like, I would yeah. not want it, but like no. he wanted it and he like didn't want to see it go to scrap metal. Mm-hmm. And so he parked it in his barn and would go start it every once in a while. Aww. And then later on, he gave it to a museum in Legrand. Good. So didn't profit off it, I bet. Probably not. Because like, he's not yeah, crazy. I mean, everything I read said he gave it. Yeah. Which is just like. Unlike just, the idiot in prison who's saving his cards to sell them. Freaking gross. So Ed Ray passed away Aww. in 2012 at the age of 91. Oh, what a sweet man. And he lived to see great grandchildren. Great. And his whole life, the children that he saved were like constantly visiting him and talking with him and i think a few of them were even like with him when he passed away Mm. which is just like so sweet and at the time those kids who he saved like when he passed away some of them got together and they went and signed the school bus and like wrote notes to him that's so sweet like one girl wrote rebecca reynolds god is good all the time i love you ed ray and then like another one said Edward, you will forever be my hero, Angie Robinson. Oh, like, that's so, so sweet. And I'm just like ending on the happy things about yeah. Ed and his heroism. On February 26th, 26th, 2015, on Ed Ray's birthday, the city of Chowchilla officially renamed and dedicated their largest park to him, calling Good. it Ed Ray Park. Oh. And it's also the home to like a lot of youth activities. And I just know he would have loved like Yeah, he loves those that, kids. Yeah. So. And I bet some of their kids are playing at that park. Oh. oh. So this story is just like really sad and like so hard for the people involved. But it also like, I just really love that there's true heroism and good stuff out of it. So that's it. That's it. It's wild. Yeah. It has all the emotions. It really does have all the emotions. (laughs) I'm just grateful. No one, none of the kids were like physically harmed. So for sure. (sighs) So 
we love um, a story that's not all about death. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I picked this one. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Thanks. Well, yeah. if you want to keep in touch with us, follow us on Instagram at something sick podcast and on Twitter at a sick podcast or on our TikTok. Please follow our TikTok <laughs> at something sick podcast or send us an email at something sick podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye, homies. <laughs>